Welcome to Live with Domarie here at Domarie Healthy and Fit. Today we have an amazing guest coming on, Dr. Renee, and we are going to be talking about the spiritual side of life and how to handle struggles, anxiety, depression, PTSD, emotional trauma, you name it, we're going to be talking about it. Stay tuned because we are going live. All right. Welcome, Dr. Renee. You can hear me okay? I can, yes. Can you hear me? I can. All right. Yes. Perfectly. Great. Well, welcome. I'm super excited that you are here today, and I've been looking forward to this since we booked it a while back, and I just, I have so many questions, but first. Thank you for having me here. It is such a blessing. Thank and you. And I'm really excited for this too. So thank you. You're welcome. You're so, so welcome. So I want to just let everyone know a little bit about your background before we sure. get started. So um, Dr. Renee is a intuitive, spiritual, um, inner um, revolution, like podcast moving forward with helping everybody live a healthier, better life, um, dealing with anxiety, dealing with stress reduction, dealing with the mind, body, and spirit um, alignment of yourself and how to focus in on all of that that you're gonna be teaching us about. And uh, let's see teaching us how to cultivate the skills, emotions, and ability to authentic voice of who we are. Did I get all well, of there, that? There's no pressure in all of that. <laughs> <laughs> so with all of that being said, um, tell us a little bit about you from your own voice to everyone that's viewing and watching today. Yes. Well, thank you. It was a beautiful introduction. Thank so you. So I am with a psychologist. I actually exist somewhere between the world of traditional psychology and science and spirituality. So transcendental psych, it's a really beautiful place where we just don't focus on traditional mental well-being, but we actually are students of the spirit and the soul. Okay. So we help people to go into past lives, examine their own spiritual blueprint, look at the impact of all of that on their own mental and emotional well-being in this lifetime and begin to look at ways to live a much healthier life. So undoing old traumas, uh, generational wounding, um, mother wound is really big for a lot of my clients mm -hmm. and also people living with chronic illnesses such as ourselves and yes. how to really release some of that aspect that's connected to past traumas and past lives so that we can begin to work through that on a spiritual sense with what we do need to deal with in this life, right? Because often what we are facing is all of our past lives showing up in this life in the trauma and the pain, and it's more than actually we're supposed to be working through. So right. on top of that, a mom with two amazing children and a full-time professor at a university here in Ohio. So That's incredible. A full-time mom, full-time professor, and where in Ohio are you residing today? I, I'm in Akron, so I'm Akron. South of Cleveland. Oh yeah. my gosh, do you know, I, well you wouldn't know, um, or maybe you already do. <laughs> 
I used to have to drive through Akron when we lived in Finley, Ohio. Okay. I right, would so drive I through that. Yeah. 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 When I had when I was with um, Victoria's Secret and Paul Harris Clothing, I went from Detroit, Michigan to Columbus, and yes. I went through Akron quite a few times. Yeah. Well, glad what a small world. That would have been fun. I'm yeah. sure we encountered each other once or twice on my trips around, but yeah. yeah I at that time, but I was born and raised in Cleveland, but now live down here, so. Great. That's wonderful. How's the weather yeah. today? It's hot. It's 103, so oh. it's miserable. Yuck. Yeah, okay. it's too hot for us. <laughs> I mean, my, my love is in India right now, and I, you know, that's where I spend other parts of the year, and we're exactly in the same temperature now, so I know that means that everything's going to heal, that we're going to get back together really soon. <laughs> oh, I love that. Great. So, I mean, how do you, let's start with, I come to you, like I've already come to you, and I'm like, I want a reading, and you asked me for my birthday and the time that I was born. So I did all that, and then we'll be talking about that later on. Um, we haven't gotten the time to do it yet. How do you approach and manage people all day long? Because you have a, the sixth sense of being able to read spirit or hear spirit. How do you, can you explain all of that to me? Yeah, well, you know, it, it started when I was really young. And I was about three years old when I had my first sort of awareness that mm -hmm. there was something about me that was, was very special and that I needed to be thinking about. But I didn't have the, the cognitive ability or the emotional know-how as a three-year-old to know what was happening and why yeah. these people were doing um, And so through most of my life after that, I kind of quieted it down. I shied away from it. Um, but my, my anxiety became really bad over the course of my life, which was always away from my spirit that it was trying to express itself to get back to my gift. But I thought something was wrong with me, thought something was abnormal. Ah, okay. And so I went through most of my life thinking I had anxiety and panic, and that's how it manifested. But then when I had my first real encounter was when I was picking up on a lot in relation to a person I was with in a relationship at that time. And I knew that he was not of good energy. I knew that my health was at stake, my life was at stake, which it was. Um, and it was a very abusive situation. Oh. And I didn't listen to my intuition at that time and unfortunately went down a very difficult path. But, mm -hmm. you know, as years went on and I started to really train and become very aware of what I was, the, it was undeniable, right? We all have intuition. We all have these gifts. There's mm -hmm. none of us who have this. It's just a matter of who is able to hear it, see it, experience it, who also has faith in it. Yes. That makes the big difference, right? Like to trust in yourself. Yes. Yeah. You know, has been my my teacher over the last year of really trusting in myself and my light um, and knowing that. So when people come to me, um, it's difficult because as an intuitive, you not only see light, but you see their shadow. Oh. And you don't go into it, right? And, and Diane really taught me this, that, you know, this whole idea of going into someone psychically without their will is, is really unethical. It's very unethical. 
So you have to kind of walk that line very delicately when someone comes to you for soul work or spiritual work, that they're leading where it is that you're going to go. Okay. And you're only them. You're only there to help them see what it is that they can't see on their own, but you're not there to go in and see for them unless they request that of you. Wow. So, you know, I'm very in, in that and making sure that we're kind of working through that. But there are times where I can see a lot of cognitive stuff that's happening up there energetically. I can see a lot of things. I can feel a lot of things in different parts of the body. Um, you know, a lot of different signs come to me somatically. Uh, lots of different ways so it can be overwhelming wow if you're not trained in how to really settle that and be able to work with a client yes but it's a work it's really beautiful work because you know that you're saving a soul to really be able to see themselves in this life so mm -hmm. that's incredible so what happens if you're just out shopping and nobody knows who you are but you come across somebody and their spirit guides or their someone's trying to get your attention to tell them you need to hear this have you ever had that happen to you and then you've asked the person may i tell you something i've not had that happen to me with complete strangers which has been a blessing but okay. i know many people for me, everything is always connected to people who I'm working with, or I'm around, or I'm with. I think when I was really little and I became very afraid of my mediumship, a lot of that got sequestered, and I never really want to go back to that. You okay. Know, seeing people who have passed, because you see them in their 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 manifestation of how they passed. So if they were murdered, you see them as that. Oh. If you see died, I couldn't bear it as you know as somebody in that that path I said God this is not for me let me see what I'm supposed to do and the work I'm supposed to be with and I think he kind of took it away from me in a way you know okay. I still experience that but I don't see that or strange spirits don't come to me unless I'm asked to look for them you know and gotcha. Diane and I had a quirky one when they were opening up their store and I actually saw the entity in her store and but she asked so it was the only reason that I went there otherwise yes. I don't go look you know, because if you invite that stuff in, you got to be really careful of, of what you're going to have to deal with, right? So I've been very protective of that. Yes. So speaking of protection and uh, dealing with that, I um, know that I've always had that sixth sense. Um, I've never, oh, there's Diane right there, I believe. That's yes. Just, yes. <laughs> Hi, Diane. Um, we actually spoke on the phone and I sent them. I've never seen them, but I know when they're around me. And yeah. I, like we're talking right now, I hear them in like the back of my mind of everything I'm doing. And there's some of them that are extremely pushy. And yeah. until I say what I need to say, they don't let me go. And then I finally learned to say, I'm busy today, I'm booked. I cannot talk to you. So yep. I didn't learn that until I went on to a spiritual retreat in Maui on how to handle it. And for years, I didn't know how to handle it. And um, during one of our sessions in Maui, I kind of freaked out a bit of the women because we were all meditating and I was trying to meditate on my own life. And there was a girl right in front of me, Lori, and all I kept hearing was, tell her threes 
tell her these names, tell her something's going to happen, tell her yeah. these names. And I'm like, I, I couldn't focus. Yes. So at the end, I'm like, okay, is someone expecting a baby in this room or is someone trying to get pregnant? And these are the names I keep hearing. And all of a sudden she turned around and looked at me with a ghost face and said, holy crap, I was focusing on my girlfriend and praying for her to become pregnant when she called her girlfriend that night. The very next morning when we all got back together, she's like, those names you mentioned were her relatives and two of the names for the babies. Sweet. It was it was yeah. an incredible thing that I experienced, but then I was just like, okay, and then they wouldn't stop, and I'm like, okay, I got to learn to shut this down. So I had a Reiki experience. So do you yeah. also do Reiki? Yes, yeah, I'm actually a licensed practitioner now via Diane, who is my Reiki master. I love and, that. Yeah, and um, Holy Fire Reiki. I've actually been doing sessions galore now. I was like, oh my god, and and. They are fantastic. I actually got to do a Reiki session on Danyan recently. Very oh, my gosh. That must have been cool. Yeah, to do it on your master is like, oh, a little bit of pressure here. I have to remember. <laughs> but it went beautiful. And, you know, Reiki has been a really beautiful addition to my life. You know, I've always channeled angelic energy and angelic healing ever since I was a little kid. They all come to me. I very, very much experience the angels and on every level you can imagine. I hear them. I see them. I smell them. I feel them. Um, but, you know, like you were talking about, the, the unborn children come to me. That's the only thing that manifests in this life is physical. And whenever I'm doing a reading or a session with someone, if they're going to have children, I see them. And I always ask them, do you know, you know, um, are, do you want to have children? Are you open to if anything comes through in the reading? You know, those kinds of things. Because it's happening a lot now. And, you know, people are not really aware that these children are waiting yeah. to be incarnated. But they are because they choose us. And so can free will shift that, of course. But they come forward to me. That's, one That's thing incredible. Find. That you know, and I'll be, you know, on, a, on the phone with my love and we'll be talking and I'm like, oh boy, kids here, <laughs> don't know who this is, <laughs> who is this for, you know, but Reiki has really heightened that for me and all of my intuitive gifting has gone to an entirely different level, but I had a breakthrough during Reiki where I realized that my greatest limitation in my life was not trusting that I was of that realm. And that I was to do that work. And so I allowed myself to keep getting dragged down on a little bit to the lower levels of the heavens. And in Reiki, I got a clear message that I was meant for that and to stay there. And it was really profound. Wow. Very profound. I was shaking happening. And I could feel myself being pulled back and forth during the experience. And yeah. um, I was so blessed for that because now I trust in every aspect of divinity now. Whatever is coming to me, I trust. I no longer question. And I'm, everything has been falling into place because of it. Yeah. You know, it's been a well, beautiful couple of months. Yeah. Incredible. Wow. That's just, that's incredible. I wonder if we all, so let me ask you this question. Are we all born with that sense? Like you said, you were born early and you knew it, but then you kind of like pulled away from, yeah. like you didn't want to handle it at such a young age. So do you think that, our brains actually are 
more powerful the day we're born than they are as we kind of get older, really. Like, the, oh. you know, the, yeah. So, yeah, and I, as a traditional scientist, I'll tell you this because that's my specialty, mm -hmm. right, is neuropsychology, that when, when babies are born, I mean, they have all of, you know, all the synaptical networks you could ever imagine. Yeah. And they're, they're like someone's splatter painted. It's like the greatest Jackson Pollock painting you could yeah. ever imagine. And they're all over. So the the potential for them is unlimited, right? But it's scattered, so it's not connected. And as we get older, the synapses form channels, settle, and then they form another channel, and mm -hmm. then they settle. So whatever we don't experience, or whatever we suppress, or goes to our subconscious, gets sort of sheared away synaptically. Okay. So. You know, and it's so important. My children, the minute that they show gifting, we spoke about what it was. And I didn't want them to be afraid. And I wanted mm -hmm. them to make the decision, would they continue on with it or not? And yeah. both of my children are very, very, you know, empathic. Um, but one chooses to be in the energy. One chooses to not so much right now. Okay. And so, okay, you know, but can it come back? Absolutely. And it will come back. If you were called for an absolute element in this lifetime, I don't really think you get a choice. I think that's where we experience suffering and pain mm. and all of that in our lives is when we go against our dharma, you know. And so if you can, free will, you can live off onto another path, um, but it will not feel good. It won't feel good. Yeah. And so, and that's my love right there. That's my fiance projecting divinity. Oh, um, hello. Hi, Guru. He was my teacher in India. And and he uh, fell in love. Oh, absolutely. There was no question in that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, he's like, sending you love. He is. But, you know, I think that's a, a great question about children. And mm -hmm. we have to allow them to experience everything. Yes. Everything. Won't burn out. I promise you they won't burn out. Let them experience everything things, spiritual, scientific, religious, you know, agnostic, yeah. um, radical, whatever, musical, get them into everything, everything, everything. that there's what, what they're supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, also with that being said, um, with the newborn baby, that the brain is so vast, it's, it's so tiny, but it's just, it's ready to just accept everything. It, you could teach a newborn baby languages just by putting the, you may not speak it, but you could just put the language in a, like a videotape or yeah. watching a cartoon in a different language and then changing the next day to French, then to Japanese, then to Indian. It just, it's amazing the studies that I've found out now after my children are all grown. I mean, I used to have them watch Mozart <laughs> and listen to Mozart all the time when they were babies. Yeah, when the grandbabies come in another decade or so, you're going to be ready for all of this stuff, you know? So. Oh, yeah. Let's just keep it a decade or so. <laughs> I'm not ready yet. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, a decade or so. You're probably... Yeah, like a Gigi or something like that. You know, you wouldn't be a grandma. You're, you're, you're going to be a I don't want to be called a grandma or a meme or any other. I want to be called Coco. <laughs> I'm Gima. I'm Gima so you're Gima? Okay. I like 
Jima is cool. I like that. Yeah. 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 I'm just not a meme, and I'm definitely not a Grammy, and I grew up with those, and it's very common, but yeah, I'm like, no, you guys are going to have to call me Coco. <laughs> I like it. You're like, I'm the real Coco Chanel, right? I, I, I'm Coco. <laughs> I even named my car Coco Chanel. <laughs> so funny. All right, let's get back to being like more serious on all of this. All right, so tell me, you were really born into this gift. So when I would ask you how you began your career, how did you become from 18 moving forward into college and deciding you wanted to be a doctor, deciding you wanted to, you know, teach and really harness what you do today? When was that pivotal moment? Yeah, I I probably dabbled around a little bit. I was always a very good student. I was number one in my high school class. Valedictorian. I got the full scholarship into an engineering program, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad was an engineer, and so I, my, I really wanted to be like my father. But he knew he knew that it was not meant for me, and he was like, you know, engineering is not for you. My brain is definitely very visual and analytical. That it was quite easy for me, but the lifestyle of engineering was very painful. And he said, I know that you really love children and know that you want to go that path. Why don't you get back to that? I thought about pediatrics for a while, but hi, Todd, so my friend. Um, But I I really realized I wanted to do more with children. I wanted them not to suffer the way that I did through anxiety and panic. I wanted to empower them to understand how to experience their body and align these different aspects, even while I was still trying to figure out what all that was. So I definitely went into psychology, psychiatry, Mm. um, very early on with that mindset that I was going to be able to help people that way. Teaching came to me when I was an undergrad and I was told you should double major in something just in case. And I started, I I took up secondary ed, and I loved every minute of it. I was like, wow, this is incredible. And I started, I taught high school, middle school and high school for many years out of college, and loved every minute of it. But again, I worked in a really poor district where many Mm -hmm. of my children were without, um, and socially and emotionally very challenged. Trauma was very common. And I, I knew I wanted to help them. And my gifting would show up and I would see what they were experiencing, but I couldn't tell them that I saw what I saw. Mm. And so that was when I knew I had to go into my graduate degree further in in psychology and things of that nature so that I could try to figure out how to get back and help people. So it was really easy to do that. And then, you know, I was offered um, a visiting position as a professor right away before I even finished my doctoral degree. Congratulations. Ah, it's just the thank you. It led into the beautiful thing, and I was then I was tenured very early in my career, and I just felt like okay, this is my path, right? So what I do as a full time professor allows me to do the research, to be able to come to the conclusions, to be able to use the science to to support the spiritual work that's out there that's really abstract, you know? Yeah. And so I really being able to do both. I'm very blessed. That's incredible. I mean, you are like one in a million to be able to do all of these things, to be able to teach, to be able to read and spiritually help and see people through those difficult times. I mean, 
you were born to do this. I was, and thank you for saying that because it was hard to recognize it in myself. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that I didn't want to do it. I just yeah. was so afraid of it. I recently didn't even come out of my spiritual closet till just about a year and a half ago. I mean, people who know me know me, but mm -hmm. on Instagram, I was straight-laced psychologist, you know, coming on, here's Dr. Renee, and then they're realizing, oh, she does soul regression and past life readings, and, you know, now I'm in the Vedic astrology with my love who's been training me in this for a couple of years, and it's been really beautiful to be able to tie it all together. I don't feel like I'm living a lie anymore, you know, that I'm only this. Like, I get to be all of this. Yes. And whoever likes it, great. Whoever doesn't can look away. Right, and it's like right. this is what I get to be, and like, and even in my full time job, it's you know it's very honored. Spiritual psychology is actually becoming very revered and accepted. Um, there's universities who have master's degrees um, in transcendental psychology and things like that. So this is becoming much more normal, and I'm yeah. glad to have been a part of that path. So it's incredible. I've always been very much to the spiritual side of life. Um, yeah not quite sure when it happened um i do remember not wanting it being afraid but then realizing no it actually is telling me when things are not good when things are bad and i have this thing where if i walk into a room you can tell me if this is right or wrong but when i walk into a room sometimes i feel like i'm going to vomit like it is such uh, an overwhelming sensation of whoever is in that room or whoever I'm walking up to. I, it's almost like life is just being sucked out of me. Like it's an energy vampire or there's so much darkness in that room that I have to leave. Yeah. And it could yeah. just gift, you know, and many of us, like, I don't always have the choice now in, in mm. where I am with my life to be able to leave all the time, and I also feel recently I'm being very much tested to not keep pushing people just away, 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 away that I don't, you know, I can't tolerate, but for places that you do get a choice and that you can leave because you know it's very dark, and yeah. of the, that's a great gift, a really great gift, and just sort of walk away from it. And allow yourself, you know, remind yourself that this, be blessed with it, you know, say thank you for it and very appreciative of that. And I have had that, you know, where the, the angels have really come to me and they're like, um, no, this is not what we are doing. Um, and mm -hmm. they'll make it very hard and heavy on me every time I try to do something. Um, and the, like you said, I hear them in the well of my ear, in the back of my ear. Okay. And so I like that I, phrase because I always just say in the back of my mind, but I guess it is in the back of my ear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's some research. Look it up. It's actually really cool. And, hmm. you know, a lot of people get vibrations in other places of their body, of course. But that one is, you know, really angelic when it comes through the ear canal like that. So wow. now I don't doubt it ever. I mean, I listen to every bit of it and life is good. You yeah. know? So. That's incredible. And um, let's go back to your um, degree. So, learning about the human psyche, the brain, and everything, and teaching it, we are only using about 10% capacity of our brains today. Right? <laughs> many, many don't even experience that much. But there are some who definitely are beyond that, you know, but there definitely are enlightened and spiritual 
spiritual people for sure. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. What advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a career like you? Well, I know I have a lot, particularly my students from India. Um, and I love them. I just want to say Ho to my students in India um, that a lot of them come to me because they have spent their whole lives in spirituality uh. and they get exposed to traditional psychology and they like it. They like the study of the mind and they like the explanation, but they struggle with going into psychology because it doesn't incorporate a sensitivity to spirituality very much, right? A lot of it is we're going to solve our mental and emotional problems with behavioral modifications. We're going to solve, you know, why we act the way we act with rethinking and changing our cognitive paradigm. And honestly, it's okay for some, but some people who are deeply rooted in spirituality need to have something that, that kind of comes together. And okay. so I tell people, if you're really interested in in this era of psychology, transcendental psychology, spiritual psychology, lots of different other names for it. This is such a great space to be because it allows you to tap into both and be able to use them because they do exist. They're, the duality of it is that we all have a mind, a heart, and a spirit, and they all serve a divine purpose. Yes. And it's when stuck in one or the other or the other, whether we get stuck in our feelings because we live out of our heart so much. We get stuck in our thoughts and we can't go back into the compassion, into the feeling. Um, we're so trapped in spirituality that we can't even begin to live a normal life, you know, and function as humans. So we have to learn how to integrate all of them and let each aspect do uh -huh. what it's supposed to do. So it's a beautiful field and I think if anybody wants to study it, it's definitely, you know, there. You don't have to go to a four-year degree to get it. Um, there's lots of online programs, but I would say be really discerning mm -hmm. in that and in that program. Make sure okay. that it's, you know, being taught by somebody who has actually lived it. That's another thing. My, my love and I, with our students, we're really cautious and we tell them, anything you learn, sit with it for a while because it's not wisdom until you've actually lived with it, right? So I go and I I love that phrase. I, it's not wisdom until you've lived with it. Lived with it. And some people, they go and they read the book and they're like, oh, I love this. I'm going to go talk on Instagram about it. It's like, you just read it yourself. You can't <laughs> teach people something you haven't lived with. Yes. And the research experts actually suggest it takes three to six years at a minimum for someone to be an expert. Okay. And you know, that's us living. Now maybe you live through pain and trauma and life experiences. So you're a different kind of teacher. That's understandable. Books aren't going to teach you a thing, right? Mm -hmm. So that's important. But when we're dealing with the psychosocial, emotional aspects of the human experience, I really think that people who take the time to study and then live it and experience it, like right now, uh, Reiki is something that I don't do a lot of. Um, I'm only doing a lot of sessions right now because it's part of a course I'm teaching. Okay. I want it before a year, before I actually will be advertising it very much. Okay. I want to that, you know, and really learn it for myself and be with it for myself before I actually use it to heal. But the other things I've been doing for, you know, I'm 48 years old, so it's like I've been 
living these other things for 30, 40 years already. Yeah. And those that I feel like I'm, I'm giving back to the world. So I would say for those, you know, really discern what the programs are, who you're being taught by. If you can go somewhere and experience it, like you went to Hawaii, I went to India. Oh my mm -hmm. God, it was the greatest experience ever. Yeah. And learn from a guru, from a teacher, you know, yeah. somebody who really can give that to you. I never spoke to anyone of these means ever before. I mean, I, I used to always let, read James von Prague, you know, the the ghost whisperer, the real one. Um, and I just loved his books. And I did go to one of his events and it was incredible. It was just so incredible. But with that being said, I've always like read about it, but I've never really entertained it a hundred percent because I didn't know how to control any of it and I didn't yeah. want anything bad happening um, right. but with also you know talking about um, resources and having to try to help yourself and learn and grow I do look up a lot of information and yeah. I also believe that helps me with my multiple sclerosis because I am constantly trying to retrain the brain because as you know, um, with MS, we lose those parts of our memory and we have to rewire our brains constantly. So I am always either extremely interested in the television shows that are like real scientists and then yes. the, the ones that don't believe in it and you hear both sides of the stories and you go from there and it's really just tuning into your own intuitive love of yourself, love of who you are and what you've become. And if you don't like something, it's up to you to change it. Is that, yeah. do you believe that? Absolutely, and I think when when we transcend beyond mm -hmm. just knowledge, right? Because anybody can acquire knowledge. Knowledge is anything. So, you know, right now I can read some words and I may not know what that is in that context, but I eventually figure it out. And it's like, oh, okay, so now I have this knowledge. But what is that knowledge really worth? What will it do for me, right? And so in our memory, we have to be able to attach it to something that either we already know or we can have some foresight into that sense. This is where the spirituality comes in. Mm -hmm. The foresight that comes in and tells us where we're supposed to go next. So yeah. for you, intuitively, what I felt was so beautiful because even though your synapses are kind of shearing away mm -hmm. and kind of lose that stuff, they're actually making space for what you need right now, right? And so they're actually opening up the spiritual portal for you that says, okay, you're gonna experience some pain and discomfort and some muscle change and things like that. But you really do have power over how far that goes, right? And so the space becomes really open for you mm -hmm. to take your energy and move into that and create new experiences, new memories, new knowledge, exactly. and all of that, and you get to fill it with the healing capacity, the healing component. So it's when we get attached to what we're losing that we then lose the potential for the well-being in the present. Exactly. And so and you're a model for this because, I mean, you're taking your physical by the horns, you're taking your spiritual by the horns, you're saying, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm not letting that stuff go away from me that I know I can continue helping. Yes. And so I, a lot of people out here with 
with chronic illnesses, particularly those that we know are more degenerative over time, realize, yes, there will be things that you cannot attach to and you cannot hold on to, but grab the things that you can mm -hmm. and your degenerative scale will stop going like this. It'll flatten and it'll just go here, right? And it'll right. be far because of that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that incredible explanation. I mean, that was very powerful. And I believe people being able to rewatch this um, live podcast and also people that just listen to me on Spotify could be driving and just listening to that. So I really appreciate you taking the time to really detail that down. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let me ask you another question. Let's see, on a random one. If you could step into my shoes, me, what would you ask yourself differently or what would you say to me that whatever I've faced, we've kind of just really talked about it, but the first day I got diagnosed, I was, this is a horrible thing to say because I don't ever want anyone to have multiple sclerosis. But the first day I was finally diagnosed, after I don't know how many doctors, I got up and gave her a hug and said thank you. Because then I was finally validated that I was not insane for all those years, that there was truly something wrong with me. And all of those horrible thoughts and things that happen with this disease finally just made sense. It was like a click of a button but what would you suggest stepping into my shoes moving forward in life on how to keep? Well, you know, it's interesting because I remember I shared this the other day when I just had my seventh year anniversary of my clean bill of health since my cancer diagnosis yes. and I'm a cancer and which moved into Congratulations, my by the way. Thank you. And it was, um, it was a bumpy journey, you know, really bumpy. And the biggest part for me, I didn't think anybody, I passed out. <laughs> I like literally just, and, um, not expected. I did not expect it whatsoever, but you know, I, I get what you're saying because in my, my mental well-being channels and, you know, not knowing what the hell was wrong with me with my panic and my anxiety mm -hmm. and finally at making sense what that was, I can see the validation. I think for me, speaking sister to sister, mother to mother at this yeah. point now, is you going forward is trying to remember that yes, you you are the face of this, but also be very delicate in knowing that again, in being the face of it doesn't mean you have to be everything all of the time to everyone. And that as you know, and and really managing a chronic illness is recognizing that you are sacred above and beyond all and don't mm -hmm. ever feel guilty in that when those moments are needed right because right. I know you're a great mom and you're a great provider and you you know give to your foundations and to your communities that at times when we can't because yeah. we must it's not a defeat but it's just a regeneration right it's a rebirthing moment yeah. and so start to see those moments as rebirthing and know that you'll come back out and then you can get back into the grind and do the things, you know, but you've got to give your, yourself the pocket of rebirth because if you don't, that's where you will feel 
really heavy and painful and you know those kinds of things exactly wow thank you (laughs) from that i would love it yeah wow thank you yeah there are times when i feel like i just i i can't let anybody down i got to keep going and then my own self knocks me down my the ms knocks me down and i'm like okay i give today but i'm not giving up you know it's just it's a little it's just it's five steps forward four steps back like i'll take the step back but i'm always gonna step forward when i have the strength to continue to move on and my very had ms and i remember as your one um follower is saying it is very progressive but very slow but you know um she for her time period when she had it was very unexpected that she lived as long as she did as healthfully as she did yeah and 20 years later you know the advances in the what we know about the condition is so powerful that you know just like um you know other things that we used to think was just a death sentence it's not anymore it's not a death sentence although it it has killed many of us I do need to acknowledge that it has killed many of us it took my cousin's life um, I have another cousin Stacy who has multiple sclerosis um, and you know my oldest son Robbie was diagnosed last year so um, yeah it's it definitely it is it's almost like playing a mind game and it's all in our head it's in, it's in our brains and I just chose once it knocked me down so bad and multiple times over and over and over I finally just said I had enough and I'm not gonna let you control me anymore and I call them and I call it my phantom it's my it's my phantom that is always with me always following me but it's not an actual phantom actually it's kind of cool you can see like the light around me but um yeah it's just it's all about handling your life and where do you see yourself going with a disease with cancer with heart failure with diabetes with lupus i mean there's so many diseases out there today and you can let it beat you down and take you out or you can get back up and do whatever you can every day for you and then if you can help others along the way then you got a beautiful gift from God because I don't believe I have never once said I would go back in time and change anything because everything that I have been through in my life all of the tragedies all of the heartache all of the tears all of the fears made me who I am today and 